Test. Oh, hey. -o. All right. We're back. <laughs> the uh, audio switcher was not working. This is what happens when you are working. Um, you are um, setting things up. And uh, this is not a... We are not paid for this. Um, this is all on the fly. Um, in fact, I was almost um, late for this. But I'm calling my brother currently. He is right here. Uh, and welcome. Hi, everybody. Okay. We had a, a slight, as per usual, we had a slight technical issue. I don't know what was up it with this the modern board. modern age. But, um... The modern age. We're here. Hello, welcome. We, we, I also played today, I played the, the opening to Conan O'Brien, which none of those guests are going to be on, because I had an idea that our new intro is going to sound a lot like old, those old uh, uh, opening stuff. And we're talking like the really cool classic jet, like in the 90s, I feel like was the last year truly that like people used a lot of jazzy stuff, like, you didn't really hear that a lot in the 2000s no. or the 10s. Yeah, you, no. you would never, you would actually probably get fired if you heard it in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would Which definitely get I'm fired on. if you put down some jazz intro. If you took down, if you put down a take five, they would say, take the rest of your life <laughs> Wait, what's from this take job. Five? That is a famous jazz ensemble. Ooh. Quartet, I believe. Um, I forget who did it, but it is maybe Charlie Bird. Charlie Bird's that. jazz? Man, I believe so. I yes. know nothing, Jon Snow. Mm. You should. I should. Um, you truly are the Roger Ebert of. Oh, I'm the I'm Roger Ebert. I thought I was Siskel. No, I am totally Siskel. No, I. Yeah, mm. you are. Oh, you are, you're right. You're, you're right. Because yeah, Roger Ebert's kind of an asshole. Because, um, well, no, 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 here's the, wait, they're both kind of. <laughs> well, I mean. Well, no, Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert is more of like the. Look, and I. Okay, I'll well, this, this is two thumbs undecided. Um, yeah. Which is a straight up, basically, parodying. Well, okay. Uh, we're not, not first off, one, I want to, I want to stress that this episode is not talking about Siskel and Ebert, the show. We're not going to talk about the show as much as just. Gene Siskel. Yes. Um, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, so that's that's our topic for today. This is two thumbs undecided. This is two thumbs undecided. We talk about film. Um, we're undecided. Um, also, we are um, trying Dave, to... Dave Brubeck uh, did take five. Okay. Um, we are reimagining or repositioning the, uh, the film criticism and film conversations, and I'd say we're kind of, I think we're the antithesis of a Siskel and Ebert. Um, and that Siskel and Ebert were thumbs up, thumbs down. We're two thumbs undecided. Yes. Um, we argue. If and you wanted to come very for rarely... arguments and people talking over each other and mispronouncing things, you have come to the right place. Well, we, we come, we have we have meaningful conversations with other people, with with guests. In fact, next week we might have a a, a guest, an old friend of mine who used who used to work, be the head director of in-house productions at Capitol Records. Um, Who's this? Uh, his name is Possum Hill. 
Um, he was my old boss back when I used to work for Capitol Records as an intern. Now he um, works for you. Now he, yeah, he's under my payroll. I pay him a dollar an hour um, to do my taxes. Ah, yes, dollar an hour. Just mm-hmm. uh, just how it should be. Yes. For minimum wage. Ah, back when minimum wage used to be a dollar an hour. Those were the days. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, what's um, his face? The guy from West Virginia is getting in the way. West Virginia, honey mama. Gene who's, Simmons? Who, who are you talking about? I'm talking Gene about the Simmons. one uh, House of Rep person that's like the Democrat, but not really a Democrat. Um, mm, uh, anyways, I don't want to confuse our listeners. Because um, yeah, this isn't a, poli- a politics show. Yeah, we're not. Um, what are they called? Uh, um, a politics show. Yeah, who are the politics talking shows? The one everybody uh, likes, or a lot, all the demi-cats? God, God, Pod Save America. Yeah, who who's the who's John who Favreau? John Favreau. Yeah, he should he should legally change his name. Yeah, I think he should. Or um, illegally, I don't care. <laughs> I think he should do it illegally. That's the way to do it these days <laughs> in this economy. Um, so, uh, let's get into the news. Let's get into the news. Um, now, I, when you texted me, as we Sam usually does, uh-huh. usually in an uh, undertone of like, "Well, did you bring anything?" Which is respectful because usually I don't, but this time <laughs> I well I'm, supp- I'm I say that because I'm supposed to be drawing a cartoon for and oh, I have not yeah. done it yet. But I did. I am bringing it, and I do have news. Now the biggest news is a bit uh, personal because it just came out. Then that yes, the prophecy is foretold. Community. The TV show is getting its movie. What? Yes. That's great. It is great. That's yes. crazy. Wait, was it, it seven seasons? No, it's six seasons in a movie. Oh, so it got was, six seasons? It did get six seasons It and barely two because it, uh, four seasons were on – no, five seasons were on NBC, but Dan Harmon got fired for season four. Yeah. He came back for season five, then it was canceled, and then brought back – to uh to yahoo screens um yes so it barely squeaked out season six and by the way i just want to say for the record i liked season six of community and um yeah it was just a, a funny thing that abed would always say six season a movie for this i don't know if you remember this but there was a tv show in 2011 called the cape mm. it's real deep 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 hit like but it was an NBC show, so they were kind of like self-promoting. But it, it got like seven episodes and then get canceled. But Abed said six seasons in a movie, and now oh. Community, after so much pain and suffering, you know Chevy Chase's character is dead. Uh, Danny Glover is now way in the stratosphere of fame. Um. Which it's not reported yet if he's coming back for the huh. movie, but it's coming to it's coming to Peacock, and I'm very excited on what Dan Harmon and crew will do for this. Um, my little bit of news um, is an article that thank goodness I read it um, because the headline is, and this this is the thing with film reporting or any reporting in general. The headline is Bruce Willis sells deep fake firm. Uh, the uh, the rights to recreate his likeness because Bruce Willis is now officially retired um, from acting, but he sold he apparently sold his likeness to this deep fake company called. This is the thing with all these deep these 
new web thing. It's called Deep Cake is the firm. Mm. Um, but this is on IndieWire. I, uh, at the very beginning, it says an update because this article came out on October 1st. Um, update October 2nd. A spokesman from uh, Bruce Willis denied that any ongoing partnership is in place with Deep Cake, and the company confirms that Will Willis remains the exclusive owner of the rights to his likeness. So what did so, they do? Did they did they steal it? So I don't know what this article is then, because basically the update is just saying Bruce Willis actually did not have this happen. <laughs> But yeah, I do think this brings up a very, very interesting point and something I didn't really think much about is the ability for artists to now how have uh, the license, like how do you um, monetize deepfakes? Because that was always kind of like the thing is like, like deepfakes. I mean, I'm thinking more about um, uh, politics and like things like that or like politicians are sometimes worried that they're going to be deep faked um oh. or but like we're seeing this more and more now where like this the the technology for deep faking um is there and i'm just curious on how um how they would control that i don't know it's kind of like the same thing as like cryptocurrency where it's just kind of like all this this internet gobbledygook stuff i don't really know who's like the laws behind this i feel like i want to bring on a lawyer to Wait, like you talk know a about lawyer. Uh, you? Yeah, you I know, know lawyers, but not like boyfriend is a lawyer. I know uh, uh, music law, but that's like contract that I want to talk to like I, a I film agree. digital I, age lawyer of like, how do you for... monetize? Because one of the things that was most interesting to me is now more and more contracts are saying um, like your whatever we have exclusive rights to this or whoever has the rights to this has it now in perpetuity and also like basically it has like a clause that also says we own this intergalactically as well because though it's like put in put into print that like we have rights to like air this now in the future you... in other on other planets and stuff like that because they're just trying to like be very ironclad ironclad with their contracts future proofing it, now is that a, is that a is that slightly a joke or is that the thought that yes one day we will reach other galaxies no i don't think it's a joke i think it's 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 trying to make contracts um uh permanent because throughout you know, the known universe throughout the yeah, yeah it, you know now if if and when we discover um alternate uni universes would that contract still hold over this is the questions for a lawyer. Yeah, that's the thing. Is I I don't think we're at that point quite yet that we're worried about. No, we're other not. We're not. We're nowhere dimensions. near close to, to getting to other galaxies. We're, yeah, we're pretty close. We're you mean respectively, like you know? Yeah. Like okay, next, respectively. Yeah, maybe in, I think in our lifetime there could be a jukebox you know, in Mars. our lifetime. That well, Mars first off, I'm never done. Galaxy, but. Okay. Don't, Second don't, off, don't you say that because <laughs> I just I I am currently been freaked out. I just watched clips or found out about this movie called Death Becomes Her, where these two women basically become immortal, and it freaked me the hell out. Is this a scary movie? It's it's supposed to be a goofball comedy starring uh uh Will, Bruce Willis. Oh, and topical. and uh Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep. 
and it's about two actresses who have become old, but they found this potion that make them old, uh, young again and immortal. But here's the twist: is they, if they, they, their body parts can get shot or mangled. Uh -oh. and like if you break your neck, it, it just stays broken. So they become like all mangled and disfigured but they have to live forever and they like at the end of the movie they go to bruce willis's funeral because he denied this potion because he's like who would want to live forever and they're just like walking frankensteins and they fall down a flight of stairs and their heads are still and they fall apart and i didn't find it funny at all i'm like this is horrifying Hor horrific imagine well, not being able i but like I'm all like I just watched the Blob the other day. Oh, which and that one? Didn't, uh, the remake. Oh, that's scary. I, I thought it would be, but in all honesty, the the soundtrack is like. Hey, that's normally the soundtrack of my nightmares. I'm just I'm like I for some reason the opening the opening title to the blob the do 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 you know yeah beware, that for some reason scares me more yeah because it's so uh the opposite so, of what you're anticipating it's so juvenile it's like it creeps it leaps it ladder grabs it's it, almost like, like you're about to watch um I'm a goofy version me. you're supposed to watch yeah yeah you're definitely like lulled into like oh this is gonna be a goofy horror movie also uh, steve mcqueen i don't feel like is overact and i say that truly i think he's doing a great job acting while some people in the blob which in, in the remake they're they're kind of overacting like at the very end sorry for these slight rants but um, a lot of at the very a lot of rants at the very end, uh, the blob gets frozen and all this oh, stuff. Boy. And, you know, everybody's died and or like everybody should be traumatized to the point of maybe not being able to speak. Um, but this guy comes out and goes, ha, ha, and he like starts lighting a, a cigar. OK, well, the guy the has an addiction problem. Anyways, let's move on. Uh, that's that's true. Um. The another thing in the news, there's a lot of controversy around this new Jeffrey Dahmer show that's coming out, right? Which is making a bunch of money on Netflix, but um, basically everyone is bashing it. Of kind of basically saying we're tired of seeing this stuff, like, and also um, like the commercializing the serial killers. Like, yeah, these are people who really got killed. Uh, and some of them truly... who have been affected, yeah, the family, they're still alive. This wasn't that long ago. No, it was the 90s. It was the 90s? No. Nope, sorry, 80s. 80s, yeah. yeah. There really wasn't that many serial killers in the 90s. Um, so I will admit, I binge-watched the whole thing in really? two days. Yes, I did. Oh, now, my Dill. I watched it, and I just want to say for the record, I watched it before, well, this doesn't give me a right passage, but I just watched it thinking like, okay, it's it's Dahmer. I know I don't know too much about Dahmer, um, and I do like Evan Peters, the guy who plays him. Uh -huh. And uh, I I thought it was a good, I thought it was good for on my first initial thing. I'm like, this is a this is fun. I mean, ooh, sorry, not Whoa. not fun. Not fun. It it you reminded had a fun me. Fun time watching people die. Sorry, sorry, I use fun as good sometimes, and I shouldn't use that because it was not fun. Mm. It was insightful into all the parties involved. Mm -hmm. 
um, you, there was, and this is where I think the controversy is, it, there is like a, a slight remorse for Dahmer, um, who's like very much like it's like an addict trying to get away from it. And then he gets devoured as he does. And then it shows the side of people who lived around him and how in one part, you know, I, I did, I was, I learned was there was a bit of a race was involved because where Dahmer and who Dahmer killed were uh, lower income uh, uh, people of color, uh, mm. mostly black, young black men. Yeah. And so the cops were like, yeah, okay. And it was also, there's one scene where Jeffrey Dahmer's like, oh, this is my boyfriend who's drugged out of his mind. And so the cops were like, ooh, gay stuff. No, thank you. So they um, were also there's, like... There's also this funny thing in which uh, there's a um, thing going actor, around that he sounds like uh, Joe Para. No, okay. The actor I, sounds like Joe Para. I want to say, well, I think I made the first tweet to Joe Para about that. Well, the, you want to hear what he has to say about it? Yeah, he's probably not happy. Yeah, he's not. He says, uh, someone asks, this is on Gawker.com. Someone asks, uh, have you seen the show? And he's like, I don't want to watch it. The past week, I've been getting a lot of texts and emails from old friends I haven't heard from in years, and I'm excited to open them because I think they're going to say something like, <laughs> I heard you're on tour this fall. Want to get beers when you're in Ithaca? Or something yeah. like that. Then I uh -huh. open them, and they're just like, the actor on Dahmer sounds like you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm not... And then he says, uh, that's disappointing. And then he says, yeah, it kind of hurts, and it makes me not want to watch. <laughs> I, look, I'm all open to be Joe Para's friend, even best friend, but uh, I am not his friend, so he is not surprised. But I did watch the first episode and was immediately like, "That that the Evan Peters is just doing Joe Para's voice. He's you know that kind of somber." Uh -huh. um, and I was surprised that it got picked, but it was so obvious. But um, would I recommend the show? Not what I was asking. I, I would. I would recommend the show. Oh, my deal. You're perpetuating um, mass murder. Um, not mass murder. I am by, I am willfully uh, promoting uh, commercialization on people's deaths, and I am ashamed by it, but can I deny that it was um, well done? Yeah, here, you know what? I'll retract it. I don't really – I don't care that much. Um, well, I, I care about, you know – my image and i'm i'm saying that because it's not just because of my image but i'm hoping to be a voice for the people and i want people to know that i'm serious about this um i recommend it on its storytelling and its acting i don't recommend it on its commercialization and dramatization so don't watch it if you truly you know, if you think it's a crime against nature all right well, um, that's pretty good for the news. There's also Anna Taylor Joy dropped out of Nosferatu, which everyone seems to be having an issue with. Yeah, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of news that there's uh, a lot of news. Yeah, but... um, Puerto Rico still does not have uh, power. Oh, um, did not know that they didn't have power. Well. Yep, there's a I've hurricane following... currently. Um... Oh, that's what. Okay, I've been fo Yeah, I've been following the. Uh, Hurricane Ian, but more so for its devastation to Florida. Yeah. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, Gene Siskel. Yes. Uh, not from the the the. What's funny is normally it's Robert Robert E. Uh, not Eggers. Ebert. Roger Ebert. Um, who is the the one that is most well known? But Siskel's name comes first. 
Yes, um, uh, it, it, and it, it works better. I wonder if now this is before Ebert was famous, uh, like truly, you know, nationally famous. So I guess they were just like, oh, it, of course it has to be Cisco and yeah. Ebert. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting. Like his career, um, I don't know, like which kind. Of, they kind of came up together, both in Chicago. Um, uh, Ebert was at the Chicago Sun, I believe, um, and Siskel was at the Chicago Tribune, which is yes. a bigger company. Um, so I think, and actually, I I paid uh, one dollar, so we have access to the um, the his articles. Um, really? Oh, can I get that? Okay, we'll talk off. Okay, fine. For that. Um, you really want to have the Chicago Tribune articles? You're like a big Chicago. Yeah, Tribune. sure. Why not? Well, I okay. want the I want the New York Times one. Okay, well, I can maybe give you that. I don't know how strict they are. Just the just the timestamp. This there's all these articles from New York Times saying like, "Hey, did you know COVID is still coming to kill you?" Find well, that's more. the other thing too. Is um, a lot of my I... friends are getting COVID now. Um, oh. Nick, our friend of the show, Nick has COVID. Um, yeah, and friend of the show, Karina, is feeling sick and thinks she has COVID. Oh, you um, know, you're uh, you're kind of due for COVID. I am never getting COVID because you're never gonna die. Because I'm never going to die. There you go. Mm. Um, yeah, I am. I am trying. I should start wearing my mask again. Um, but anyways, uh, Siskel, who never got COVID because he died in 1999. From a um, brain tumor. From a from the surgery gone wrong. Uh, or it was the yeah, it was during the surgery that complications he died. following his yeah. May nineteen ninety eight brain surgery. So by the way, oh my goodness, at age fifty three, <sighs> yeah, sad. But he gave us so much joy and inspiration. Wow. And uh, can I tell you how that he was really uh, good um, talking about someone's death, Zach? Well, I, I ver- I'm not saying that I shouldn't respect all people, um, but I, I have major respect for this man amongst uh, us film critics. Mm. Can I tell you, though, how he uh, rose to uh, his supreme power? At, <laughs> Go ahead! At the Chicago Tribune. What the? So, yes. So, um, Siskel, Gene Siskel, or... Um, for you dollards out there, his full name is Eugene Cal Siskel. And no, not Cal like Superman. Well, maybe Cal L. But anyways, uh, he was born in January 26, uh, 1946. And uh, soon started to love movies. Mm. Wizard of Oz being one of the you know first films. I think it's, yeah, I said, saw one of his first films that Wait. truly made him love. Oh, I guess Wizard. he saw it after it came out, I assume. Yeah, reruns, reprints, yeah. all that jazz. But anywho, he loved going to the movies. He um, that came out in '39, right? And by like 1950, I mean, if Christmas Story took place in the '50s, and people are dressed up as, you know what, you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. Okay, go ahead. Thank you. Anyways, he found his love for journalism when he got into the Army Reserves, and then at the age of 22. In the wonderful year of the love, January twentieth, nineteen sixty-nine, he was that's hired. Not the, that's not the. That's not the. The summer of love is sixty-seven. Oh well, that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, well, not th- I mean, I don't. That's what they say. All right. Well, someone messed up. <laughs> Anywho, 
Um, he was hired at Chicago Tribune, but he, no, 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 no. He did not just sit around and was a rookie guy forever. He rose through the ranks because uh, the media staff or the critic staff there took a sabbatical and one year sabbatical. And he was like, went in and was like, Hey, hire me. I'll, or he, he reported to his boss saying, um, a movie, the movie critics shouldn't be a bunch of people's voices. It should be one voice because then people will start to, you know, rely like on this Crothers. Exactly. It should be one voice, not a bunch of people being like, who's this schmuck now? Because everybody has their different tilts and flavors of how they write. So after an impromptu interview, he got the job and worked there for 30 years. Um, and he did this thing. I think it was called like uh, Siskel's Best. Or mm. Yeah. And he picked his favorite movies. Now, you only looked at his Wikipedia page, but on his Wikipedia page it did give his favorite best movie of the year and some of the stuff he did was um interesting i also saw on um he went to yale for yes. psychology um uh, which is a great major to get if you don't know what you want to do but you want to <laughs> do something with art or some kind of thing that um, is very true and uh, he, his first review ever was for a movie called Rascal, uh, which his review was, and this was actually before he was the film um, critic. He just, he was just like a kind of a, uh, just the journalist there, a generic um, journalist. Um, and they, uh, um, his review said, because of the excessive uh, gimmicky, what? Because of the excessive gimmicky, most kids will miss the tenderness. Hmm. Interesting. And he his says last gimmicky. review. Yeah, I don't. I just, <laughs> how did how did he keep on to his job? I don't. I don't know. I just, because of oh because of the excessive gimmicky. gimmicky. Most kids. How do you? <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. I copied and pasted this. I didn't. I, uh. Gimmicky. Right. Oh boy. Yeah. Let me. Let me. Um. What? That's so weird. Such a weird guy. Um. Anyways, the um uh the other thing, his last guess what his last review was ever. Um, I don't I, know. About there's so many movies; it's hard last, to guess. But I do know. I'm gonna say Babe in the City. Babe no, but Pig he liked that movie, didn't he? He was a big uh, he was a big yeah, was, champion was, of that movie. It was his favorite film. It was pick of uh, best of the year for ninety ninety eight for ninety eight. So his yeah. last movie that he did a review for was She's All That, um, in which he said Rachel Lee Cook as uh, Lainey, the plain Jane object of the makeover, is forced to demonstrate the biggest emotional range as a character, and she is equal to the assignment. I look forward to seeing her in the next movie. Um, he never did. Aw. He... Well, hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe if you believe in reincarnation, I do. he did. Well, there you go. So maybe he's some. Maybe he's uh. What what's the actress's name? Uh, Rachel Lee Cook. Yeah, maybe he reincarnated a Rachel you, Lee Cook's you daughter. Can't, oh, yeah, maybe or son. Yeah. Wouldn't that be? That would be like, nuts. Yeah, I saw find out next... that Rachel Lee Cook looks exactly like. Her. <laughs> That's cool. 
<laughs> no, yeah. And her then daughter, he's just like, her daughter is and like. And then the, the, the husband's top. just like, wait, why does this look like Gene Siskel? Is like, it's not me. They reincarnated. It wasn't. We did. Gene Siskel's my daughter. <laughs> and like the husband's like, no, you had sex with him, didn't you? <laughs> no, you That's just gave a really said, good review and therefore reincarnated. No, <laughs> is that what they're is that what they're calling? It these <laughs> is that days? what they're calling it these days? Oh, giving he, a good review. He gave me a good review. <laughs> your vagina <laughs> i want to draw that now actually no don't right. draw that that's oh you no, mean no, gene no, no. siskel as as, as, a, as, as a rachel lee cook's girl. daughter <laughs> um <laughs> uh, hello everybody i'm back <laughs> it's me gene i mean uh Jean-ina. rachel lee cook's junior do yeah. girls ever get juniors i don't really think so that's more junior. Of that's more well, of a guy thing huh yeah Anyways, uh, so to to kind of flesh out his career, I guess he uh, apparently he was he was chums with Hugh Hefner for a hot sec. Well, what um, a good chum to have. I know. Well, I don't know. You could dampen your morals. Um, mm. But he's dead. Yeah. Another person They're dead. Um, when dead. and then he the because okay, so briefly talking about Siskel and Niebuhr. It, I mean the the show the show had gone on to had gotten a lot of different names, and he started it in 75 with Siskel and Ebert, and basically they just were paired together. Um, like, they were just kind of like, it was kind of like how boy bands are created, where they're just like, you're good, you're good, be friends now. Um, well, or like Mythbusters, you know, how they hate each other. Um, yeah, but it, it kind of works. Um, though, I don't know, sometimes their arguments got a little uncomfortable. They Gene actually... Gene and... Uh, no, 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 Siskel uh, the Niebert? guys from Mythbusters. Uh, well, sometimes they got uh, their arguments. I have a clip of um, some of the behind the scenes um, that I want to. Seemed like they like didn't like like it, there was no time that I didn't think that like they're unprofet like Cisco and Ebert like yeah they got into each other and yeah that one you know they made fun of each other physically um, but I don't know at the end of the day it still felt like good fun. Yeah. And they really got into each other. They did. Um, again, we're not going to talk about the show itself as much as... Um, uh, no, but I do I do have some funny um, reviews. I don't know yeah. about too many quotes, but well, I do I was some... I was going to say one thing uh, to kind of end his career um, or to, to talk about the end of his career. Um, when At the Movies, which is what it was called in 86... Uh, was actually owned was uh was under the umbrella of the um Tribune Entertainment was under uh Gene Siskel's uh company's uh banner um and then it transitioned to Disney's Buena Vista Television in 86 and because of that although the company didn't say it outright but be basically because of that he was demoted at the Tribune to becoming a freelance writer and he was not the voice the film voice of um of the Tribune anymore, and apparently Siskel was like, uh, "No comment, no comment." But Ebert was pissed for him. He was um, pissing blood. He was pissing blood. Um, and sent photos. It was very weird. Yeah, he didn't know what dick pics were back then. He's just like, "This is how." He's just like, "What?" I, <laughs> help I'm me! Pissing. Help! <laughs> yeah, he was meaning to send it to his doctor, but he yeah. sent it to his. <laughs> to the person who makes the paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whose name was like Dr. Dr. Gib- Gibbons or something. Yes. 
Go on, go on, Queen. Go on. Uh, well, I can I can oh. give you some movies that I found funny that he and I mean it's hard not to talk about, but like about Siskel and Ebert, but just uh, m- movies he liked uh, and or, or did not like. Um, now, famously, the one that I remember the most is there at well. So in this time back when he was a film critic uh, up until the nineties, the internet was starting to bloom but not it it had not reached its uh puberty quite yet and and is now a raging alcoholic as it is now but um so really newspapers and tv shows like cisco niebert were the way to find what movies to go and see and he with the help of ebert helped champion uh independent movies like my name My name is Earl. No, uh, My Dinner with Andre and Hoop Dreams. Um, Two movies, indie indie movies, you know. Uh, One was a documentary that went on to great success. Um, But it's those kind of movies that, uh, you know, with their help, really showed the way. Um, Now, the things that I find funny is, of course... You you can't help but say like how much it was great to see him and Ebert fight. Yeah, and uh, this is this is where I think I am Siskel in our pairing. Is I think sometimes I think something is obvious, and then I am told otherwise, um, or the or vice versa. The fact that you forgot that New York and Pittsburgh are on the same time zone. The fact okay, that you way, didn't know what the ocean was that we live next well, to. The, the ocean one, I, I give it to you. But that actually, the last time I said that about Pittsburgh and New York, I was joking. Okay. Um, for the ratings, my boy. Mm. For the ratings. First time I said it, though, I uh, I was serious. But that was like 2017. Anyway, um, I was a young 23 man. Um, but anyways, some movies that I found interesting that uh, Siskel straight up hated was um he he said he he hated good burger Ooh. um he also he, hated um silence of the lambs and i have the the review up here to read oh that, um that's that is interesting I do flick, not, I he, he called it the flick of the week you know this was the kind of thing in like both roger deber and honestly cisco i feel like did it a little bit more where he was just like the flick of the week the two thumbs up the like he was kind of like this this it was just seemed cheesy to me. I don't I, I don't know. I really don't like his uh review style. Um if I may How be so, so bold. I, he's just I don't know. He's just, it's all extremely brief and it's all like it's just it sounds like it's like I either liked it or I didn't like it. There there's not a whole lot of minute detail to anything he's saying. So for instance, so uh this is the article from the the Chicago Tribune. Um, does it say when this came out? Um, bu- 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 this came out in '91. Uh, our flick of the week is the uh highly touted horror film *Silence of the Lamb*, which has been billed as one of the most frightening, depraved films ever made. Would that it? Would that it were so? Um, instead, this is a case of much ado about nothing. Jonathan Demme, one of our most inventive directors has made a grab for the money in filming this story of the attempt by an FBI trainee, Jodie Foster, to catch a serial killer by subscribing to the theory that it takes one to know one. 
Foster smartly uh, follows blah blah blah. There's no points in it. Um, oh, okay. Or you could just take a chance and screen on home video Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which was fascinating, illuminating, deadpan portrait of the same lethal subject. Instead, director Demi superheats the silence of the lambs to the point of silliness in terms of both uh, behavior uh, and pulsating soundtrack. The conclusion of the film is nothing more than a grisly version of every mad slasher picture you've ever uh, missed. Jody's in trouble. Shoot, Jody, shoot. Now, see, I like that, but it's funny. He gave his honest opinion of the movie at the time after watching it, and that's what he came out. And he he probably felt a more, like a real... Have you ever seen Henry, A Portrait of a Serial Killer? No. Talking about another? It, it, I've never seen the whole thing, but I've seen clips and bits of it. It is what the kids would say, raw. Um, it is, well, it's very... It's very um, and that's probably where he saw it. Like, oh, you know, Signs of the Lambs is a little bit more commercial, while Henry the uh, would never get broad appeal. Uh, and I, I have to agree with him on that. And um, it's it's stuff like that where I, I compare my own views, where everybody loved everywhere, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a little, like, cash-grabby-y. Mm-hmm. Well, I really liked, maybe loved, um, Swiss Army Man, which did not do well in the theaters. Um, but I also did like Nope. So it's it's, it's funny, and I know that in time I'm going to be proven wrong, and people are going to be like, you're high. Mm-hmm. Everything, everywhere at once is a masterpiece. But well, I, I think viewing, you're wrong. Um Right, that's the thing, and I know. Well, I've... the thing is with Silence of the Lambs. What I'm coming to realize with Gene Siskel, with reading some of his stuff, is he doesn't like things that he seems to prefer things to be as raw as possible, um, or understand that it's, or if if it goes the other way, like he he wants things to be either as raw as possible or just be. Cute. I, I don't think he really. See, I, I don't I disagree know. with that because um, I saw a I look I watched a lot of um him and uh, Ebert's discussions and when Home Alone three came out, which we've seen Home Alone three, that's the one with yeah. not uh, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, it is wacky. It has a you know all people are the burglars. There's like five of them and they're like I think they're almost like terrorists. Yeah, but they're like falling downstairs and making the like that. Yeah, um, he hated that movie, saying it was yeah, really just. Well, I, I I don't then, think he by had the way, bad taste. I don't think he has bad taste. Oh, I think he still here, knows what he's saying. It's just from an overly, uh, for for instance, okay, here's another movie he didn't like. He didn't like uh um, Bush Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It was one of his uh, first reviews he did because he started in '69. And uh, at the Tribune, he said, too cute to be believed, not memorable. That is, that is funny. Though, <laughs> at least, I will say, see, that is that is straight up funny. I will I think say, he's... though, I watched that movie. We watched that movie again as a family. On this second viewing, I was not blown away by it. First time oh, I watched really? it. Oh, really? I, I like, liked it a lot. I really? like any fun- movie that 
takes its time. And I, I was, yeah. I really thought it was going to be, um, I liked how first, how funny it was. Um, that, I thought yeah, it was going to be a lot more, um, uh, I don't know. I thought it was going to be much more gunslingers, you know, kind of like shoot it, shoot them up kind of deal. But it was, I don't know. It, it, it really put these two men in, um, kind of silly light. And then it's like 30 minutes of the movie is just them being like, tracked down and they're just like are they still behind us yeah which maybe to some is boring but i thought it was kind of fun i just thought it was so anticlimactic that it was almost funny and interesting to see this side of these this this well, type of genre i don't know well if they ever have uh oh shoot i'm trying to remember the director of that william something hill um marathon uh, i'm gonna look it up but um yeah, I'll, I'll watch it again, maybe in theaters. I, I think I was maybe not in a right set of, like, we were all kind of talking. And it yeah. Was Christmassy. And I was drunk. Um, um, <laughs> I do remember that wine was a-flowing, and you yes. kept feeding us sour whiskeys. Oh, well, I didn't want to. People just kept demanding it. Yeah, that um, was your new uh, your new thing. And we're no, like, that was the... I mean, I started doing that for Christmas of 2020. I, I don't know. Last... Well, maybe... I think now it's just a thing that I have to make you guys whiskey sours. Yeah, well, you better Anyways, come up back with a new to, drink. True. I want to make the flame of love, which is my favorite thing to make because you take an apple peel in a in a in a um Ooh. in a um uh a candle or a, a match, and then you squeeze Ooh. the apple peel over the match, and it like it 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 singes, singes the the it's vodka and and cherry, um and it singes is, it. Do Never mind. I was Anyways, about to ask it. Oh, to by the way, it was oh. George Roy Hill who, if 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 the Row House ever did a George Roy Hill marathon, I'd go see it. Also, he um tends to change his mind sometimes. Uh, as you I know, like everyone's that. round is bound to do. I think it's you're human. just you just want to like this person. I feel like you. No, I've always liked him. All right, I've, fine. I um, repeatedly... Did you ever see that the the last or uh, a few? Episodes ago, we had an episode where we we shared a, the audio of Siskel talking about how he didn't like Free Willy because his eyes were too wide apart. The 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 dolphin's eyes were too wide apart. Oh, it's a um, whale. But the whale. Pardon my French. Anyways, there. Here's a here's a little tidbit. So he gave the theatrical version of Once Upon a Time in America 1.5 stars out of four, That's which is nice. not good. It's not good. No. Um, yeah. In fact, although he very rarely gave four stars, um, although he gave Fargo uh, four stars, he loved Fargo. Um, Highly the, recommend <clears throat> seeing that interview or that review. But they, the they, yeah, but the re-release uh, some months later with different construction uh, topped his list. Oh, because the movie was re-edited slightly. Um, was uh, topped his uh, list as the best films. Of 1984, and then also the best films of the decade. Um, so it went from 1.5 stars to best film of the decade. Once Upon a Time was his favorite movie of the in America. 80s? Yes. In America? That was one of his best films of the decade. Um, he also, his favorite, there's a few instances where it's just like, what was his favorite he it seems like he says a lot of things are his favorite movies, but like for instance, I'm seeing here it says his favorite film was Saturday Night Fever, yeah, which is apparently he's into rape scenes, I guess, because there's a pretty what? violent rape scene in Saturday Night Fever. 
and in Once Upon a Time and Once in Upon in, in America. It looks like he has some kind of. I guess he liked it when they add the rape scene in. That's and, probably what made it the best film. I bet he's he probably sympathizes with uh, what's his face, the guy that did uh, 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 Rosemary's Baby. He probably uh, would have been canceled. Not. I think Siskel would have been canceled. You think he, he was be- friends with Hugh Hefner? You, a lot of people were friends with. Okay, wait. Oh, I don't know if they were friends with them. You um, wouldn't be friends with Hugh Hefner. I would not be friends with Hugh Hefner. I, I very much think I would not be friends with Hugh Hefner. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah, I don't I, think I would be friends. You know with who that. I would be friends with in what? the 70s, 80s? Um, Wolfman Jack. No, the basically. I'd be I, friends with Peter Falk, and that's about it. Oh, I would love to be friends with Peter Falk. No, I would love to be friends. With the born oh, John Cassavetes. Yeah, well. Mm. Oh, he's a raging alcoholic. But I mean, I don't no, know. No, no, wait. I, I want to just say this. Like I want to, you know, who my uh, friends I would want to be with the friends at Mad Magazine or like the bullpen in the 70s at Marvel Comics. Hmm. That seems like maybe not a fun place, but man, the ideas. The other movies that he um, uh, he supposedly loved were my two favorite. He was at, I think it was a Conan. He was asked, like, what's his, you know, Desert Island movie? If he only had one movie to watch. Um, and he said 2001 Space Odyssey. Of course, oh. is a man after my heart, which is, that's mm-hmm. my, one of my all-time favorites. And then he also said Dr. Strangelove was one he of his favorites. He loves his Kubrick. Um yeah, I don't know. It's he seems like he has a very wide range of of likes and dislikes. Um like uh I'm looking oh, at it. I'll, oh, go ahead. I'll tell you one movie he did. I mean, this is a big thing. Movies that people walked out of. Um he said this is a quote, after 27 years, I walked out of my first one oh, a yeah. few months ago, which you know, whatever. Um, Black Sheep yeah. with Chris Farley, which is a, a Penelope sure, per, a person who directed Wayne's World. Mm-hmm. I watched a little bit of that movie, and I thought it was okay, but maybe I was going through my dumb phase. Maybe. Um, I'm also looking at, so I'm looking at the best films of the year. I don't really see anything too outlandish. It's kind of interesting he chose Showa as the best film of 85. Not that it's a... I've never seen it. It's just... It's kind of... It's an it's an eight-hour movie. Um, yeah, it's long. I I don't know. I always... I've not seen it either. I guess it's good, though. It's just... It's it's eight hours. I mean, I know it's also depressing as, as it's about the Holocaust. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. You want to show up and... Oh, uh, he also a, seems long. to really like Woody Allen. Um, yeah, Annie Hall, that was something I wanted Annie to Hall too. and also Hannah and her sisters. Now, um, Annie Hall, uh, you, we watched that, and yeah, it's it, 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 movies like Annie Hall and Manhattan are now straight up just not fun to watch. Well, Annie Hall, anymore. I still kind of like. I, I think I will make I an argument it. with Annie Hall because this was before any of that stuff happened. Um, Annie yeah, Hall, I think he does a good job of... I think Manhattan is very particularly oh, disturbing. You can't, you can't watch it at all. It, it it's begins like, with him nice... saying that he's dating a sixteen-year-old, and, and no one seems okay to care. With it. Like he I'm seems to be the 17... only one that is slightly concerned by it. 
Oh, he's concerned. I no, didn't, he, like, he, oh, he was. Oh, he seemed to be the only one that was just like that brought it up somewhat as a problem <laughs> that like they're not connecting. And then it was like, hey, she's sixteen, by the way. And then, and then the, his friends are like, "That's fine," you know, blah 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 blah. And like these sophisticated New York people are just like, "Whatever, man." I cannot yeah. thinking about that more and more now. It I can't makes... date people who are twenty four. Like I go on a date with someone who's twenty four. And I feel like they're young. Like, I feel they're young. I mean, I'm yeah, only 26. Not, like, but, like, yeah, I not, can... That's like, not by a lot. Well, I'm just saying, like, I feel a disconnect from anyone that I feel like has very kind of semi-recently gotten out of college. I cannot imagine men who date people who are that much... Like, what is your conversation? Like, I do not know how that's possible. Like, it, Or I know how it's possible, but I just... It, it it seems purely sex based. Um, uh, well, it has. Well, you know what it, it is too. I think it's also kind of a power thing. Not that too, it's a power is, thing, and not that like well, younger it's, women it's cannot be thing. smart, but like I that there is life a it's, disconnect life from someone who is sixteen. Well, that's what, besides that's what just Woody the law. Allen, I'm just thinking like it's that's just what Woody Allen does throughout the whole entire thing of Manhattan. Just like, have you read Shotsky at all? And she's like, no, I, I haven't. I'm still, you know, I'm reading Moby Dick. Well, then you're an idiot, you know. <laughs> you're a, like an um, idiot piece of poop. Yeah, he says poop. He says that a lot. Um, he did, interesting enough, Heart of Darkness, A Filmmaker's Apocalypse, was his favorite movie from 91, which yes. is an interesting um, take. Some of these things I don't, really know uh like i don't know what one false move is do you know this movie one false move i don't know written never... by billy bob thornton directed by carl franken um from the poster it looks like a like a version uh, of uh, uh the thin blue line yeah this i mean this kind of seems like a miss to me i'm sure there was other better movies from 91 um, I don't know. I think his, he, he varies from, um, kind of mainstream things to things that are a little bit, uh, more avant-garde. Like he really loved my dinner with Andre, really loved Fargo, uh, loved hoop dreams, but for instance, was not a fan of some of these, uh, big, uh, blockbusters from the 80s and 90s. He did not like Independence Day. He did not like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. He did ah. not like Aliens with an S. Did not ah. like. Uh, didn't like The Terminator. Um, it did was not like Poltergeist. It seems like he doesn't like these kind of things that straddle the line between um, uh, scary and. In court, like I think things like he was kind of like the I'm trying to pin him down as a human being, but um, I don't I know. It was, seems like he doesn't he like these big person. I think he he but he did seem to change his mind a bit. I mean, that was the that's that seemed to be. Yeah, because it, he talked it out and that's what human beings should do. And by the way, watching not to criticize a little bit of Roger Ebert, not saying I'm just saying this is what made him him is Roger Ebert kept his mind he did change his mind but maybe not right on the spot <laughs> yeah and I, I, there's a funny thing between them two where roger ebert changes siskel's mind 
And he's like, thank you very much for doing that, uh, Roger. And Robert, Roger's like, you're welcome. And I thank myself for keeping my um, bearings. <laughs> like um, these little, like little jabs to yeah. this goal. Um, I was going to play some clips, but we only have five minutes left. We've been talking about Cisco for a hot sec. I um, could talk maybe another 20 minutes. Well, we only have five minutes. Well, I mean, do we want to recommend anything? I want to recommend something that it is, is October 2nd. I have watched uh, a movie last night, which I truly think is a genius movie. And I, the more that I watch this movie, and it's, an, it's a classic movie... Um, Silence of the Lamp, or not Silence of the Lamp, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Blair Witch Project is genius because rewatching it, it is not clear if it was a witch. It could have been like that we never see anything. We never see anything. It could be some weirdo like just following them around. Um, and it's just... It's more so stressful because they're lost. Like, that is, like, one of the most stressful things is, is they're lost. And there's just people laughing outside. They're, for the majority of the movie, there's not really a whole lot that you don't really see anything. Um, it's all just kind of, like, noises and cracks off in the distance. Um... And so much of that movie is improvised. In fact, like the beginning scenes where they're going through and they're like interviewing um, some of the townspeople, the they were just told the actors were just told to go up and interview random people, but some of them were planted by the director um, and like had these like little mini stories, and like the actors were like genuinely kind of like horrified by this and like, oh wow, like is that real? Um, it was just, it's so, it's something that's so, such a trope nowadays of, like, the found footage stuff, but, like, it was done so well, um, and I was, like, I've seen it now, I mean, Zach can attest, the first time we watched it, we watched it on VHS on, like, a very old, small TV, and I had to turn it off. Because um, of, of the swearing. No, not because of the swearing, because the guy threw the map oh, into yeah, the... Like, I kicked it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very believable. It was so well. The a few things that I did catch though this time around. First off, I'm not quite sure why why he kicked it into the river. That doesn't really make any sense. Also, I don't understand why they didn't just follow the river. Like that would after once I started to realize that I'm probably lost. I if you just follow the river, you will find. Like, like you will get out of the forest. Um, I, I just, I that that seems like the best way to to do it, and I, I don't know why they didn't do that. Um, I don't know. I've never seen the whole thing, but um, oh my God. the the ending is horrifying, and it's so simple too. Where he's just standing in the corner, and he, she's just screaming like, "Jedi!" Yeah. Because they, they put them in the corner um, to kill the person behind them, and they don't want to watch make them watch whenever they're being killed. That actually is freaking me out right now. Yeah. I'm um, looking over my shoulder. Well, don't worry. I'm, I'm seeing behind you right now. So what's your movie? You have two minutes. Um, 
I don't have a movie. I'm sorry. Oh, my Dill. I, uh, my I, other movie, this is not a scary movie, but it's a good fall movie, uh, is American in Paris. I watched oh. it recently. Very good movie. It's Gene oh. Kelly. Um, it's Gene Kelly's favorite movie that he was ever in. In fact, a lot of it was directed by him. Um, it was choreographed by him. Um, uh, it's just a very fun, whimsical movie. Like, I had a really good time watching it. It also is very similar to Red Shoes. Like, where you know, at the end of oh, Red Shoes, Re there's that giant dance sequence. Yeah, um, I love Red Shoes. In fact... Uh, uh, Gene Kelly showed I don't know Warner Brothers or Universal whoever did it um, Red Shoes to show how like this can be done like we're going to have a giant dance scene at the end yeah. and Red Shoes did it so we're going to do this yeah I'll try um, to check it out but I will say because it's October I am going to try very hard to watch a movie every night that's spooky yeah and I am the too movie, like last night I watched uh, a good bits of The Blob but it was too late to watch the whole thing. Anyways, tonight I may be watching The Keep, which is Michael Mann directed, uh, and it was kind of lost to time, but Criterion got it. So, Well, there you go, guys. That's a recommendation. Um, and uh, well, next I don't week... recommend it yet. Oh, okay, never mind. Um, I am watching... Uh, let's see if I can pull it up. before. Blackenstein. Uh, well, we only have 10 seconds left. Um, yeah, thanks for uh, listening.